Imagine 30, 40, 50 years from now, you're gathering at your family reunion. Kids running and playing, great food on the smoker, the beer is flowing, conversations are lively, singing is joyous, and the laughter is loud. There's a family loyalty present that is strong. You can feel it, sense it, it's palpable. There's a bond that holds you all together, and it's Christ and his mission. Every member of this family at this gathering holds fast to the Lord and his ways and his calling to build his kingdom and to do so with joy. They do it in their day jobs and the way they raise their children and the acts of mercy they participate in, all of it. And this family that you are gathered with is yours. But not just yours in the sense that you are a member of it. You are the patriarch. These are your children, grandchildren, and maybe even great-grandchildren. You're near the end of your days, but that's not a sad thing. No, you, you look forward to these gatherings every year. The Lord has been faithful. He has been gracious. And you now get to bask in his goodness. And you look forward to the work that he will continue to do for the generations to come. Your generations to come. Every man wants this godly and good dream. Every man longs for the day when his grandchildren sit on his lap and he can tell his tales to great guffaws and giggles all around. Every man looks forward to this future with joy and hope in his heart. And that path all starts with choosing the right helper. The right bride, the right lady to share our life and our work and our mission with. May we men strive to find a bride like the psalmist speaks of. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Welcome to the Reformed Man's Guide to Christian Dating. All right, so first dates. Hmm. You go first. <laughs> I don't even remember ever going on a date with my wife, honestly. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I mean, we go on that dates. That can be interpreted a lot of ways. <laughs> we go on dates all the time now. Right. But we lived in the same apartment complex. so But not the same apartment. We were neighbors. Disclaimer. <laughs> I didn't need to plan much dating because we were neighbors. Uh, the, uh, the first time I met her, though, in person, I... I, I Watched her from afar for a little while. <laughs> Sounds terrible, doesn't it? I have a very similar story, though, so it's okay. <laughs> actually, I'm sure at some point in this podcast we will retell this story, but actually, me and my roommates watched her and her roommates through the cracks in the blinds <laughs> as they moved out. And we were inside. We were. I should clarify. We were inside. They were outside. <laughs> you were. That's a good clarification. Okay, good clarification. <laughs> And at that time, and this is terrible, at that time, we all called dibs. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's right. But oh, turns out I called amazing. dibs on a, a lesbian. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> yes. I just almost spit my water. And so that was not going to work. So I told my roommate, I said, oh you've, you've, got, uh, you've got two months You've got two months, and then I'm moving in. <laughs> and I gave, sabotaged him. That was a courteous window. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. What'd you do? Well, he was younger than me. He had no chance. <laughs> he knew how it was going to work. So finally, when I pulled the trigger, I knocked on a door, and I said, I, you know, I have these uh, 
these cookies in my freezer. I really need help baking them. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how to do this. Were they like easy bake cookies? She found out when she got to uh, my kitchen that they were easy bake cookies. <laughs> Okay. So it's like literally slice and put in the oven. But to perhaps help <laughs> listeners not think that I'm as bad as this sounds, I really didn't even know how to do easy bake cookies. So I really did not know how that worked. I still don't know how that worked. <laughs> you were strategic though. Yeah, that's the so first memory out. I have with, with my wife. Three months later, she was making her wedding dress. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, what about you? Uh, first date. So actually I asked, so I had just become a Christian. I've been a Christian for like six months. And then this beautiful Latina woman steps into my life whenever I'm at college and I see her and I think I, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. You're beautiful. I might have a shot. I'm going for this. I'm at least average. I'm I'm trying, you know, like (laughs) maybe if I don't try, I'll regret it for the rest of my life. So I, I call her up on the phone. I don't even remember how I got her phone number. I think I got her number from someone else. I think it was one of those. Like, I didn't even ask her. Right, right. So I called her up and I was like, hey, uh, I'm Stuart. You know, we met the other day. Do you want to go to dinner and a movie? And then she said, I'll call you back. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Which is always a bad sign. Right, right. And then she called me back and she said, sorry, I already have plans that night. Which I mean... We all know what happened. Ouch. She got off the phone and made plans and then called me back. Ouch. At least she was nice about it. I appreciated that she was nice about it. Yeah. But it definitely was. A, but I was persistent. And I just, you know, was like, maybe if I just am around her and nice for the foreseeable, mm-hmm. I'll get another shot. Yeah. And so that was that was my strategy. I'm going to be around just you. Just wear her just down. In your general presence. Find out where she is and be there always. That was my motto uh-huh. for about three months. And nice. I just, I would, I would hang out. She'd be like, how are you always where I am? This, I actually, is, uh, this is the, the principle of proximity. <laughs> <laughs> I had a network of people who would tell me. Like buddies of mine, I was a music major in the music department. They'd be like, hey, we saw Rachel. Mm-hmm. She was over in the... Whatever, one of the, one of the common areas. And you like, scurry off it. to and I'd be like, her. "Oh, look who's here!" You know, are you and, stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, you could tell this story with a very different tone, I suppose, but not in this case. And so, three months later, or so it was the '90s, though things are different. That's true. That's true. And I, I, I slowly won her favor, and then. I don't remember exactly what the context of the situation was. Oh, yes, I do. We were riding, and I think she was going back to her dorm. We were riding with riding around with a mutual friend of ours, and she was getting driven back to her dorm, and our elbows accidentally touched. Mm. In the, uh, She was sitting in the front seat. I was sitting in the back. We were, we were both in the back seat. And I noticed that she did not move her elbow away. Wow. Total but, youth group kids. And I was like, I think we have a shot. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think, think we have right. a shot. The, the extended elbow touch that's is a, a sure sign. That's a sign. And you know what? And so shortly thereafter, I was like, hey, you want to go out? Wasn't those fun days? Try that? It was great, man. It was a great day. I had to ask her dad. She introduced me to this concept that was popular in the early 90s of courting, mm-hmm. not dating. And I, I mean, I've been a Christian for six months. I didn't have categories for anything. I didn't right. know any rules. Mm-hmm. Introduced me to her dad, got to know them, asked her father if it was all right. Man, that's actually pretty good. Dated for a year. And I guess then, he guided you in, in how to do this. Or she did. It was mostly her. Is it just uh, traditionally in your family that you ask the father? I, I, 
No, it was something that she picked up from some type of youth conference when she was younger. Okay, so she kind of guided you, like, hey, talk to my dad. Yeah, yeah, like, well, well good for her. Didn't know anything. But it worked out great. Now so we got four kids. So she led you to the Lord, basically. basically. <laughs> <laughs> she discipled you. <laughs> she brought me along. That's right. She brought me along, you know, but it was good. It was a so good you time. didn't have any pastors, though, coaching you through this process? Mm-mm. No, I was, I had been saved, I got saved at a church service and then they immediately just about made me the pastor. So wow. really not helpful, bad, all kinds of problems. Is this because you could play piano? Um, I think it was because I was the loudest person in the room. There I think that go. was the only reason. <laughs> He's loud. He should be the pastor. <laughs> Put a microphone in his hand. Why not? So, yeah. but it was, it was good. Married four kids, married 15, 16, 17 years. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. Somewhere in there. We got married in 2006. I remember that part. There you go. So it was good. It was yeah, good. we've been married since 2000. Mm. So 23, 22 and a half years. See, that's really easy to remember for you. And I that's know, not it's fair. easy for me. God, God. Yeah, I'd, I'd had no one coaching me through the process either. Mm. See, it's hard, isn't it? It's tough whenever you... Uh, you well, I wasn't a youth group kid. I, I'd never been a part of any youth group, and mm. and uh, I was you know alone on a college campus, University blessed. of Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up in the greenhouse of of fornication called <laughs> the evangelical youth group. You didn't go to a lock in. No, none none of those things. <laughs> I was in Boy Scouts, and um, and uh, when I met her, I was in the Army National Guard. I didn't. I, wow. I was not a member of the church. Wow. I was a college mm. student. I didn't. I had. A Christian upbringing, and I had had pastors along the way growing up, and I went to mm. a Christian school. But in my college years, there was no, and this goes to the point of this podcast. There was no process mm. for going from single to married mm. with your testimony intact and your testicles. There it is. <laughs> yes, there was no process. There was no process. It was pick up the. The traditions and the norms of the world, which mm. would have been casual dating, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and hope you make it, right? Just right. Uh, and and basically what the youth groups taught us, and what the youth pastors and the pastors taught us was, um, you can have prom at school, and you can have homecoming dances, mm-hmm. and you can bump and grind on the dance floor since right. you're in seventh grade, right? Right. And you can go on dates, just hey, 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 don't have sex. Yeah. They'll give you everything that leads up to the edge of the cliff. Don't jump off, though. And then when you do, gotcha. <laughs> we yeah. can't believe you did that. Like, we can't believe We're that ashamed. this greenhouse produced the very fruit that it was designed to produce. <laughs> Wait, you're putting your foot on the path of romantic intimacy? Wait. And then that happened? We can't believe it. And then you have to rededicate your life 17 times. Well, no, what we need is a <laughs> process. There's the youth camp. There's the youth camp hookups. And the youth camp breakups. That's right. And they all happen at the same time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we have a systemic problem. Well, a whenever, structural problem. Whenever my wife introduced me to any idea other than dating that I saw on the television, I was like, what are you even talking about? Right. I didn't even have a category for it. Weirdo. Yeah, like that's a, that what? Now, she was uh, and is beautiful. And so I was like, you just tell me, oh, okay. You just tell me what to do. I will do that thing. So you fell head over heels. Oh, yeah. And hit your brain. <laughs> and thankfully, God was gracious. <laughs> but thankfully, she still had her brain. Right? That's right. That's right. She was, she was ready to roll. She was ready to roll. Man, I look, that, you know, my bad experiences, of course, those days were great. But 
I definitely didn't keep my testimony and other things intact. I mean, mm. Uh, mm. those those were difficult days. I was uh, lost and tossed at sea. But it's looking back on those days and having a calling and a burden today to mm. to do unto others as I wish someone would have done it to me. Mm. To teach mm. them how to go from single to married right. with their testimony intact. Right. Te- teach them how to make it across no man's land mm. without getting blown up. And if you do that, you can save, my goodness, so much emotional turmoil. Not just for you, but for others. So yes. much heartache, so much pain, so much yes. suffering. Um, like I, we, we've heard stories, and I've seen um, couples enter into the casual dating sphere, and then when they come out the other side, n- nobody can stay at church anymore. They all leave. It's they a all very. Break, it is. It is a no man's land. It's incredibly destructive. It's a place of of bloodshed and turmoil and mm. explosions. Mm-hmm. I mean, eros love, that romance, that passion, that chemistry. Mm. If it, if it gets out in front of you, you can really do some stupid things. So what we're talking about creating here is a pre eros era. Yes, a pre eros <laughs> system mm. for determining compatibility mm-hmm. with. A potential spouse. That's right. That sounds that sounds um, like something an accountant would say, but it's going to be natural. It's going to be natural <laughs> once we get into it. Yeah, right. And and so helpful. Like uh, so much destruction is wreaked in individuals because of this frivolous, casual use of their emotions. That's right. And they're falling head over heels. Mm-hmm. They're cultivating and, and stirring up what, what Solomon says not to stir up before mm-hmm. the proper time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm, falling head over heels and hitting mm-hmm, their brains mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and making some stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. And you know, and making a bed that they're gonna have to lie in for a while, a That's painful right. one. That's right. So we have we have developed with the help of other pastors and scholars mm. and many years of study and many years of personal experience, we've developed a system that we could sell to you for nineteen. No, it's a system. <laughs> It is a it is a system. It is a way of Only making it across no man's land mm. without getting mm. exploded. Mm. I mean, think of in the Bible a few examples: David and Michael explosions. Yep, yep. yep. She divorced him. She remarried another man. Mm-hmm. She eventually grew to hate him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of David and Bathsheba. Talk about letting eros, romance, and chemistry get mm-hmm. out in front of you. Mm-hmm. Just destroy everything. That's yep. right. Yep. You think about Samson, he's like the quintessential example. Yeah, couldn't control himself. That's right. Couldn't well, manage himself. We, we need a, a structure. We need a system, mm-hmm. you know, monitored by the church, and by the elders of the church. And so much of it is just to, to be told you can control yourself. Well, sure. The, the society that you live in right now says you can't control yourself. You, I'm, I can't help it. I just fell in love. Oh. I am my I emotions. Fell, I just fell in love. It it chose me. I didn't choose it. That's stupid. It has decided. <laughs> that's stupid. Meanwhile, for salvation, no, we decide for salvation. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Right. And that's absolutely wrong. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Solomon says, "Do not stir it up." That implies you have the ability to stir it up, not stir it up, or not stir it up. That's right. You but can you chill need, out. But here's the thing: you need pastors to equip you with a structure, and, and this mm-hmm. is for people who aren't used mm-hmm. to thinking in these terms. You can learn the do's and the don'ts, but you really do need a structure, a system. You know, they have systems out there. Uh, back in the day, you had courting. Yep. That, yeah, it, know about that one. But that doesn't work a one-for-one one today anymore. Also, what the heck does it mean? 
Yeah, what does it mean? And, and right. you know, are, am I going to sit on, on someone's front porch as they, they come out and sit on the swing and then we have some guided discussions for a, a period of time? <laughs> right. I mean, do, would anyone even know what we were talking about? Right. And then there's, of course, there's the casual dating of the pagans, mm-hmm. right? Just mm-hmm. the hookup culture. Right. You know, wh- where, when is the church going to say, no, this is how you do it, young, right. young Christian? That's what right. this podcast is all about. This is the single reformed man's podcast mm. for Christian dating. Amen. It's the pathway to the oasis. To help you go from one man, one side of the no man's land to the other. Amen. With all your parts intact <laughs> and your testimony intact. Amen. Amen. So if Amen. I just put it plainly, when you start going towards marriage with another potential person, rather than going on a series of dates, mm-hmm. we're going to encourage our listeners over the next several podcasts, Mm -hmm. to begin the journey with a purposeful and transparent season of discussion Mm. to Mm. determine compatibility for marriage. A period of time, an epoch, an era, a Mm. season of discovery, Mm -hmm. not intermittent casual dates. Because a marriage is much more than just feelings. Wow, yes. Right? Eros, love, passion, chemistry, it comes and goes. It waxes and wanes. But covenantal love and companionship, that's what's forever. That holds on. That's and, right. And wow, what a mistake you'd make if if you fall head over heels for someone that you're not compatible with. Right. But that I mean, you talk just have, to Samson about you just that. have that passion. You just have that desire. You that just attraction. Have, that's not going to help you. No. no it's going to sell right. short. We, now, we want that. And, and if, if, if this system goes well, that's going to be cultivated in the proper time. Right. In the proper time. That's you know, right. Like, compa- like passion and chemistry is like crawfish. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> We're from Louisiana. You can turn up the you heat. You got to explain that. Yeah, no, you can turn up the heat. You can bring it to a boil. But sometimes you got to keep it on ice. It's not always the right time. It's not always the right time. Uh, you can also overcook it. You can overcook it. Maybe I went to. But you can add spice too. You can shake it in the ice chest. You, there's a lot of things you can do. Oh, man. There's a lot there's, of things you can there's do. There's somebody listening from Minnesota and they, they have, have no, no idea. idea. But I bet you, look, I bet you, you crawfish boy, I bet you have a system. I do. I do have a system. Get those things from one state of being into the next state of being. Get it hot. Safely. Drop the crawfish. Two minutes later, kill it. Water goes in. Cool it. Pull. Done. Dang. That's it. That's what this podcast is all about. I hope people are listening. I hope they're going to enjoy it. It's a crawfish boil podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just jumped the shark in episode one. <laughs> I guess we should do introductions so that people know who we are then. Let's do well, it. I'm Pastor Stuart. Um, I pastor, uh, Stuart Amadon. I pastor Christ Church Opelousas um, in Opelousas, Louisiana. We're a church plant that's about 10 years old. I've been married to my wife, Rachel, for the last 15, 16, 17, I can't remember, somewhere in there, years. And we got four kids, and uh, the Lord has really blessed us. Uh, I can say with confidence that our marriage is better now than it has ever been and is perpetually on that upward incline. Um, and it's by the grace of God. God has really done some cool things. And, uh, We've had rough patches, like I'm sure everybody has had at some point or another in their lives, and the Lord's been really good, and uh, He blessed us quite, quite a bit, quite a bit. Amen. And Amen. I'm Pastor Brandon Neely. That's N E A L Y. Just for Google's purposes. That's right. For Lafayette, Louisiana, Christ Church of Acadiana, and I'm Pastor with Stewart, and I've been married about 22, 23 years. Nice. Well, Anniversary's nice. in December, so I'd have to take a moment to do the math. I got four kids. <laughs> And I actually have a, a 22-year-old who um, I wrote most of this material and thought through most of this material for her. <laughs> Does she know that? 
She knows. Okay. <laughs> if she didn't, girl. she does now. <laughs> she's she's great. She loves the Lord. Great awesome. testimony. And um, you know, maybe someone out there listening. Hey, <laughs> she would she would actually kill me. She would actually kill me for that. No, but I got four kids. I got three daughters and one son. And uh, and my wife's name is Emily. And we have a beautiful marriage. Two dogs, three goats, a turtle, etc. A couple of chickens. All of that. It goes well. Well, guys, we, we hope to equipped, equip you uh, as young Reformed men to make it through no man's land with your testimony intact in this podcast. We, our desire is to provide help where there wasn't help before. Uh, and it seems like on the internet there is a, a vacuum of how to uh, date properly as a Christian man. Uh, and since the world is just inundating us with so much information that's obviously false and obviously destructive, we decided, hey, we should probably try to help. Amen. Yeah. And have some fun in the meantime. In the process. That's right. So guys, we hope this podcast is helpful for you. Listen to more episodes wherever you find podcasts, and we will catch y'all in the next episode.